we're back with another episode of Conversations and Connections. This, of course, is the official podcast of the Family Crisis Center of East Texas. I'm Stuart Burson, the Prevention Coordinator for the agency. And today we're going to talk about um, domestic violence issues in the workplace. What employers may want to look for uh, or and, and how they may want to treat uh, or handle situations where an employee may be a victim of domestic violence. And so with us today, uh, probably not a greater authority than Whitney Baran. Whitney Baran is our operations director here at the agency. Hey. Hey, Stuart. How oh, hey. I'm so glad you were wanting to do this. I'm, I'm happy to be talking with you guys today. And when we were talking about this, Whitney, you were really excited about, about this topic and the need to address this. Yes, really. I, I'm very passionate about work and places raising awareness um, concerning domestic violence in the workplace. So first of all, just so we're kind of straight, you know, people may be asking, well, what gives Whitney Baran the authority to talk about this? Your operations director, so what does that mean? What what do you do for, I know what you do for us, but uh, tell us what you do as operations director. So um, at the agency, I handle all of the human resource responsibilities, um, essential duties and responsibilities for the agency. Okay. So the day-to-day operations, um, and human resources. Well, and and just on the record, I'm not schmoozing to the HR people, but Whitney is a very good HR person. You are very serious. You're very approachable. Uh, feels like I can come and talk to my little sister about well, something. Well, I appreciate that. Yeah. I, and, and and that's very important. And, and I'm going to kind of go into that, um, yeah. you know, it, it, today about how to be approachable and how to go about, yeah. you know, responding. Awesome. So why is it important for businesses to implement, you know, when we talk about DV policies, what does that mean? What are we talking about when we say DV, or, and I'm sorry, I'm, I'm using the inside baseball lingo here, domestic violence uh, policies. Why, why is it that important? What are we talking about? Okay, so first and foremost, to, um, to help ensure that a workplace is a safe environment for all employees. It is the business's leaders and, and human resources responsibility to create and support um, an environment where employees are comfortable to seek help from appropriate resources if they are ever victims of domestic violence. So it's important for management um, to create a workplace culture around domestic violence so employees are not afraid or ashamed to tell their employers about their domestic violence concerns. Do you think... This is something, now, how, how long have you been doing HR stuff? Since 2011. So technically, really not a whole lot of time, but let's say 2011, of course, taking consideration where you're working. Do you think the topic of domestic violence policies and things like that, has that been a concern very long? Do you think this is something new? Or do you think, let's say, 10 or 20 years ago, this would really be talked about in the human resources circles? Well, I think that it's definitely something that's coming to light more. I yeah. think that um, as we progress, that it's important to know that I think that when people think about domestic violence, they don't often necessarily think about the workplace. And so... 
I, I think that sometimes, you know, it's it's important for your employers to feel like, well, you know, th- this is none of my business or this is not happening at our workplace. But mm-hmm. it, it comes through the door of your workplace every single day. Right. So Sure, sure. Um, so some employers may feel, you, you just mentioned, you know, they may feel something like, well, it, since it didn't happen here, it's really not our concern. What do you say to that? I would say that it's very much their concern. Um, You know, so I'm just going to kind of give a statistic here. You know, one in every four women and one in every 10 men will experience domestic violence in their lifetime. And um, I'm a member of the Society of Human Resource Management, which we call SHRM. And they recently did a study, and this was concerning to me. They found out that 65% of companies do not have formal workplace domestic violence prevention policies in place. And the research also showed that many business leaders did not even recognize domestic violence as a workplace issue. What do you think that is? Well, and and that's just simply not the case because, you know, I think that it's important that Domestic violence and sexual assault, like I said before, it walks through the doors each day of every workplace here in the United States, everywhere, across, yeah. you know, e- everywhere. And so many people who are not educated about domestic violence think that it's, you know, just a private family matter. Um, and when we think of, the, like, domestic violence, we typically don't think about the workplace, but we should because domestic violence has no boundaries. Domestic violence does not stay at home. Individuals living with violence in their homes suffer in a variety of other areas in their life, and often real costs and negative impacts of their home life flow into the workplace. Well, and, and that's a good point. I mean, besides the obvious just having compassion for your employees, I guess it's something that, that is, I mean, and I don't mean to sound cold when I say this, but I think it is something to think about, Um the stresses that are related to survivors of domestic violence that can, when they bring that to work, that can affect productivity, Absolutely. work, uh, you know, their, their performance at work and things like that, I guess too. Right? Sure. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, are there any, what about, I guess, what about the legal issues surrounding this? Like are employees, are they legally responsible to, uh, inquire if they suspect like they suspect a employee may be a survivor of domestic violence uh are they legally required to look into that or to ask about that i'm sure that's something that uh, some employees or employers may be a little and and that's a good question Stuart, because in this is kind of a two two part answer i'm going to kind of go into it first the floor is yours (laughs) so so texas is an at-will employment state Um, There are currently no specific state or federal laws specifically related to DV in the workplace um, at this time that Texas has. But um, there are cases where victims of domestic violence and sexual assault in Texas have certain legal protections under the ADA or FMLA, uh, which is the Americans with Disabilities Act, Family Medical Leave Act. but in my opinion, for what that's worth, <laughs> every workplace... And you're not, you're, you're not lack of opinion. No, I am not. I have a lot of opinions, <laughs> so I'm going to just go with this one, too. In my opinion, every workplace needs to have the policies in place. Um, 
domestic violence is a serious social issue, and it has negative effects on employees, individuals, our communities, everyone. So are employers legally responsible to have policies specifically related to domestic violence? No. But is it their obligation and social responsibility? I would say yes. Okay, good answer. Yeah, I mean, and I see where you're coming. Yeah, they're not legal. Like, they're not going to get in trouble. There's no legal ramifications if they don't, but... Well, and, and another thing, too, is, you know, if for employers on the employer side, if there is ever something that happens with, um, for example, if there was ever an injury or a death that occurred at a workplace as a result of domestic violence, an employer could be held liable for negligence if it if it's shown that it, if they knew that that employer was being stalked or harassed or threatened outside of the work because mm-hmm. by an intimate partner violence, um, and they did not take reasonable steps to protect there, well, that there employee. You go. Okay, so, there you go. Hopefully, um, I think that the Texas legislator and you know Congress will will move forward and do more to um, protect victims of domestic violence and sexual assault. Do you know? And you may not know, and if you don't know the answer to this, that's fine. But you're talking about SHRM. Do you know, is SHRM pushing, like, do they ever um, lobby in Austin for... Sure, absolutely. Well, SHRM, I don't know, is that a state agency, or is that a na- It's a national, national, yes. National. Mm-hmm. So do they ever uh, lobby in Washington uh, for this that you know of i'm not aware if they lobby specifically for um domestic violence or sexual assault they do however are very they are always going to encourage the employer to do the right thing and and you know be accommodating to any kind of need that your employee needs Mm -hmm. within reasonable yeah you know sure sure I just find it fascinating because I I just like I said I I have a, a an HR background but I haven't been at it as long as as what you are now, uh, but I just feel that I would be hard pressed as a person in HR not to say something or to reach out to my employees or have something in place exactly. and it's just kind of. Odd to think that a lot of employers may not. Statistically, it was very shocking you know, to me too to um, find out. And maybe it's because it's something like we said. You know, this is something probably fifteen or twenty years ago. Sure. Probably most employers really wouldn't even think about exactly or talk really. about because it's such a taboo topic. Exactly. And no one wants to talk about because it it's not happening, but it Ex- does happen. Exactly. <laughs> well. And that kind of that this is a good transition to the next question I was wanting to ask you what what should an, what should employers look for um, you know if um, if an employee uh, may be a survivor of domestic violence or sexual abuse what what is something that uh, employers can look for well I would say the first step is training supervisors and managers on what domestic violence actually is, Stuart, because some people really just may not know what domestic violence is. Um, and so we know, of course, because we work at the Family Crisis sure. Center, that domestic violence is you know, an abuse that occurs within a domestic setting in a relationship, and the severity can you know, 
vary in, in any top, but, you know, I think that some, some leaders may not even recognize the potential uh, signs of domestic violence because sometimes that they're not always physically evident. Right. You know, I think that sometimes, you know, domestic violence is not always, you know, physical. It can be victims dealing with, you know, daily intimidation, ver- verbal abuse, you know, mm-hmm. um, physical violence, you know, and so spotting the signs can be difficult. Sure. So, however, you know, like you had mentioned before, you know, supervisors or, you know, your employer may notice that an employee is, you know, absent more frequently or, um their productivity is, you know, is kind of decreasing the lack of concentration. They're exhibiting signs of anxiety or depression, excessive tardiness, mm-hmm. um, just any kind of negative change in their work performance. That's just not the norm. Yeah. Um, so. Okay. Um, let's say if you have an employee that comes forward or if- for whatever reason, an employer finds out that they do have an employee that um, is having issues. They're having uh, domestic violence issues at home. What what can they do uh, about that? Is there anything that they can do? Or what if there is, what can they do? So for victims, for many victims, and I think that we see these this in the, the clients that we serve as well, you know, maintaining employment is very difficult um, for victims of domestic violence and sexual assault. So about half of the employed victims in various reports that I've studied and, and researched, clients uh, and victims that have stated that they've lost their jobs or missed work due to d- domestic violence. So over half of those, those people surveyed, they've said that they've missed work and lost their jobs due to domestic violence. Um, so that's important to know and be, be aware of. And so um, it's important to know when, you know when you're implementing these policies and looking at these policies and responding to victims of domestic violence that victims need time. They need flexibility. Um, they may have court appearances. They have to obtain you know, legal assistance, medical assistance. Go to counseling. Counseling, yes, yeah. absolutely. Um, meetings with their domestic violence advocates, attorneys finding places to live, childcare. So, so like I said before, it is, you know, HR and management's responsibility to create a workplace culture around domestic violence, you know, and develop and implement clear and concise domestic violence workplace policies uh, to, in, in, to employees who are experiencing domestic violence, you know, to help with job security and allow them to provide and protect themselves and their children um, and, and to keep the workplace safe. All right. Um, well, what can employers do to protect their employees from domestic violence? Uh, and I guess I don't know. I may just may be kind of rewording the last question I asked well, you in a sense. Well, but what, like, what kind of support can they offer? Um, I, I kind of imagine it depends, and I may be completely off base. I almost kind of imagine it depends on the size of the company. A big, huge corporation sure. probably has more resources they can offer their employees than let's say a little you know smaller absolutely. operation here in east texas absolutely so and, and no and that is a you know a great question you know so domestic violence in the workplace it compromises the safety of both victims and co-workers in the workplace so developing a policy that will promote safety in the workplace and respond to the needs of victims of domestic violence is very important um 
and it's important to know that employers should not discriminate against any employee for being or appearing to be a victim of domestic violence, whether in the hiring process, staffing, or promotions. So just implementing a policy with clear information about how to respond to domestic violence in the workplace and increase the awareness of domestic violence within the workplace and what uh, resources are available for assistance. Um, and so, and that can look a lot of different ways. So if you have an employee um, who is, who you have um, found is, is going through some sort of domestic violence situation, you know, asking the victim what accommodations to the work environment would make them feel safer. Um, but just a couple of examples uh, to, to just kind of put this out there is just maybe having a lockdown procedure in case their abuser shows up on the premises. Um, um, if it's available, maybe having uh, the victim move to a a different work area temporarily, right. um, just sure. making sure if they've contacted law enforcement uh, to make them familiar with the situation. Um, but I also want to, to note this because it's important as, as well, is while we want managers and supervisors and coworkers to be trained about domestic violence and the impact on the workplace and how to respond, um, we don't want them to take the role that should be filled by a professional. Um, so, however, it's important for employers to train supervisors to recognize those signs. You know, they need to, to know that they are not the professionals to help. Right. They, right. they can refer them to agencies like the Family Crisis Center or, or agencies in right. their area that assist victims of family violence. But it's not the employer's role to, to get counseling. Or, well, I was going to say, they may have good intentions. Absolutely. But, you know, leave the counseling to the, the professionals, professionals I so, guess, right? You know, you're ma- you're making sure that you are being flexible for them and responding to them so the workplace is safe and keeping them safe. Um, so, so asking them, you know, because every situation is different. So asking, you know, the individual what accommodations can be made in the workplace for them is, right. is a really good starting point. Sure, sure. Um, is there something that we haven't? talked about or haven't touched on that you want to make sure that um, Um, we do discuss? I wanted to also kind of note that, um, you know, we at the Family Crisis Center always say, you know, in a perfect world, we would all be out of jobs. Right. You know, domestic violence, in a perfect world, domestic violence wouldn't exist. Um, But, you know, we know that domestic violence affects every race, ethnicity, gender, age, you know, domestic violence does not discriminate. So although Texas employers are not mandated to implement or respond to victims of domestic violence, you know, like I said before, it's a serious social problem that affects individuals negatively in our communities and in, in, in the workplace. So employers can do their part to help end domestic violence by knowing the signs, engaging in ongoing workplace um, prevention programs, and supporting local uh, domestic violence shelters like ours. Yeah, yeah. I guess really it would be really great, and I don't know how many employers may do this, but in employee orientation have just a little something about uh, relationship violence. Absolutely. I guess. And I, 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 <laughs> here I am, fine. I can't get words out of my mouth. Um I know we've mentioned this before in other episodes, but, you know, we've been spending about the past 20 minutes talking about domestic violence. And I think it's important to let people know that when we talk about domestic violence, it's it's not always necessarily intimate partner violence. Absolutely. This can be 
violence, it could be in the family. I mean, it could be uh, uh, parental abuse. Mm -hmm. Uh, It can be abuse from your roommate. It doesn't, when we talk about domestic violence, it's not necessarily uh, romantic uh, relationships. I just always wanted to make sure, Mm -hmm. make sure I I get that across. Um, Whitney, what, uh, let's talk a little bit about Whitney before we wrap things up. Um, how did you find yourself here? What uh, tell us about Little Whitney and uh, how she found herself at the Family Crisis Center? Well, my name is Whitney Baran, and I am, like Stuart said, I'm the operations director at the Family Crisis Center. I have been with the agency for 12 years now. Wow. Yeah. Um, I don't look old enough to be employed that long, do I? (laughs) You're a child. Um, I received my associate's degree from Angelina College in human uh, services case management and my bachelor's degree from SFA majoring in public administration. And during my coursework at Angelina College, I was... um, made to complete an internship and so that's how I found the Family Crisis Center and I've been here really? ever since. So you started as an in, you started here as an intern. I did. I did. Wow. Okay. I don't know if I ever knew that yeah. or not. Well, the more you know. The more the more you know. Uh I, <laughs> and I always kind of like to I, I was going I was teasing Whitney before we recorded. I was going to ask her about this, but one of Whitney's biggest hobbies her beloved pastime, besides working at the Family Crisis Center, are her chickens. Yes, my chickens. And not just regular, we're not talking about ordinary no. chickens. These are like show chickens. Yes, ornamental chickens is what I like to call them. Or, 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 okay. So on Whitney's Facebook page, she, she has some interesting looking uh, yes. poultry on yes. there. So in my pastime, yes, I, I raise uh, chickens. That's and that's great. Yes, that's only in only in East Texas, yes. right? Okay. All right. Well, thanks, Whitney. Thank you so much. I really do appreciate. Yeah, I this. really enjoyed um, and, um, talking with you. Yeah, and, I, and I'm gl- I'm glad that uh, I'm glad that you came on board to do that. It was kind of running out of people to talk about. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> I kind you of bullied my way and, onto and the podcast. What, <laughs> well, and that's what people. I, you know, when I talk about Whitney's very approachable, you really are. And I, I think I can speak for most everyone here at the agency that uh, Whitney is a good person to share a laugh with and to, and to kind of joke around and, and, and things like that. So thanks, Whitney. Thank you, Stuart. I appreciate it. I appreciate you. Um, if you have any questions or comments about the show, you can email us. I always like to give our email address out. This is conversations and connections at fccet.com. And if you feel like you need our services for any reason, I always like to give out also our toll-free 24-hour hotline. That number is one 800 828-7233. That's 1-800-828-7233. And remember, as always, be the voice, if not for you, for someone else.